Welcome to the Bodacious Women in Cannabis podcast, the show where the bold and brilliant women cannabis business leaders share their journey and their expertise. Here's your host, Susan Burns. Hi, this is your podcast host, Susan Burns. I am also a lawyer in the cannabis industry, and nothing delights me more than showcasing bodacious women in business. Today, certainly no exception, we are talking with Shonda Broom, Caramdale Holistic Center founder and operator. And this is going to be an amazing conversation. Welcome, Shonda. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Susan. I'm happy to be here. Such a pleasure. So you have a unique center and a unique background, and I want to hear all about it. And I know our listeners do as well. Did I say the name of your business properly? Yes. So it's Coram Deo. Um, It's actually Latin. And what it means is to be in the presence of the Most High God. Um, So my center is based um, around spirituality, love, and understanding of the Creator, um, so that's why I focus like a lot on holistic health. Of course, I do other things, but that is mo- mainly like the focus with the holistic center is holistic wellness, uh, educating the community on health and wellness. Um, I try to participate in events whenever I can just to get the message out there and, you know, to show people there are other alternatives. Um, I am a nurse, so I'm not against modern medicine. I do believe they can coexist. But, you know, I do also feel that there are, you know, some things don't require um, a pill. Sometimes it just requires us walking out in the grass, you know, sitting under a tree, reflecting on life or even practicing self-care. So that's how I got to that's part of my story <laughs> as to how I got there. <laughs> well, this is part of your story I know a little bit about. So, you know, this is a bodacious women in cannabis. So let's talk about, do you incorporate cannabis in your uh, center or is that what it's all about or how? So, yeah. So my story, you know, I guess we're going to have to jump into my story, which led me to starting a holistic center was, uh, it was definitely uh, cannabis. So um, I'm a registered nurse. I had a home care agency for 10 years. And in 2016, I had to close abruptly. Um, the, place, the place was like infested with mold. It was really terrible. And so it led me to be forced to close. Um, but that's what I did about a year after I graduated from college. So, you know, it was like a real hit because like that's kind of all I really knew in my um, adult life as far as starting a career. Uh, I did other uh, different aspects of nursing. Uh, med, med search, home health, agency, all these different things. But my business and growing and grooming my business was, you know, it, it just was the foundation for everything really um, throughout my 20s, early 30s. So when I closed, I became very depressed um, and lost. And so I used cannabis to help manage my depression. Um, while I was using it to manage my depression along this journey, I also found how it can also help manage my blood pressure. But this is how I initially started. So I was with somebody young who used cannabis. You know, his stories was like, oh, I've been using cannabis since I was 12. And I'm like, no, I was a late bloomer. That wasn't me. Um, I didn't start really, you know, until this happened. And I was looking for ways to manage my depression. I didn't want to take like prescription medications. 
um, you know, just like I say, being a nurse, you know, doing research, you know, the good and the bad to it. And so I was like, well, I'm just trying cannabis. And so for months, I couldn't get a job as a nurse. And then I would go back to my cannabis to kind of help me cope. And I eventually did get a job in November. So like a few, it took a while, a few months later, but I failed my pre-employment screening for that job. Now, when I tell this story now, I always like to preface it with saying I wasn't <laughs> as knowledgeable about cannabis back then as I am now. This was 2016. You know, cannabis was nowhere in my radar back then. But um, I failed that screening. A month later, I got another job. I passed that screening. So I was working, doing home health, which I just absolutely love. Always loved home health because I like one-on-one care. Um, and then the nursing board sent me a letter, said that I was under investigation for failing a pre-employment screening. I was terrified. Um, didn't understand my law back then. You know, I, I just, I was afraid. I didn't really know what to do. And so I had to choose between voluntarily surrendering and suspension. My suspension involved uh, going to rehab. It was several thousands of dollars back then. It's much more now. Rehab for failing Rehab, it. a pre-employment screen. They wanted me to do rehab. Oh, yes. Smokes. Oh, that's just the tip of it. <laughs> I had to go to like narcotics. Unintended there. Right. Holy smokes. Right. <laughs> the, no pun, right? <laughs> but um, I also would have to go to like Narcotics Anonymous. Uh, the closest meeting was like an hour away from my house. Yes. Um, I had to be shadowed by a nurse. I couldn't give medicines alone. And I had to give up home health, which again is what I, I loved doing. Like I said, it helped me manage my depression. At this time, I did find a job, but I still was dealing with that depression because again, you know, my business was my life. So I'm still adjusting to that. And so I thought, well, if I admit, say that they're right, that means it's saying that, or me saying that I'm wrong means it's that saying that they're right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think they were right because, you know, all the propaganda, the reefer madness that we have been taught over the years, you know, compared to my experience with cannabis, it was just totally different. And I, I couldn't imagine giving up something that was helping me manage such a dark period in my life. So I chose to voluntarily surrender. Um, and it was a very hard decision. Uh, the depression actually got worse because then I felt even more lost. But um, that started the journey to wanting to heal myself back to wholeness, to wanting to understand different holistic modalities that existed out there. I mean, I wasn't even meditating prior to all of this. And meditation became such an important part of my day um, that, you know, as I was using these different tools to help support myself, I'm like, well, what about those besides me, you know, that may be dealing with these feelings and these emotions and maybe they feel modern medicine isn't the answer, but they're searching for some type of answer. And so that will, that's what led me to start the holistic center. So out of that, you just decided, Oh, I'll start a center. I'll start a center. I said, well, you know, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it wasn't a, a center in my mind. Like I had all these different ideas of all these different things I wanted to do. And I thought, well, it would be great like if I had this one central location to actually be able to um, allow people to come in and experience these different things and learn these different ways of healing and even a different way of living. And most importantly, getting back to self-care, because I do realize that 
you know, a lot of our struggles could, it could have to do with the lack of self-care and self-love, not stopping to give yourself time to process your feelings, who you are, who you're trying to become. We get so caught up into the day-to-day -day of life that we don't give ourselves, sometimes not even 10 minutes, to just breathe, you know? And I've had, you know, sessions I've done with people, and I say, sometimes you just got to give yourself a chance to breathe so that you can think and gain clarity. I say, how often do you give yourself 10 minutes just to do this? And it's like, never. I don't have time. And you have to make time for yourself. If you don't make time for anything else, or if you allow yourself to make time for everything else, the least you can do for yourself is give yourself 10 minutes out of a day. And so that's where it started. It started with just, you know, holding little meditation sessions in my community, you know, doing one-on-ones, doing, you know, these small group events. And I was like, okay, I want to start a holistic center. You know, I, I think this is my lane, um, but keep a cannabis first, you know, and that was a challenge in itself as well. Um, you know, nurses don't talk about cannabis. <laughs> we talk about cannabis. We don't talk about cannabis <laughs> back then, you know, that was very shunned upon, uh, as a nurse it's our job to tell people to basically just say no to drugs, but cannabis just isn't a drug. It's a medicine, you know? So I had to even learn, um, how to be that type of nurse along with incorporating that into holistic wellness. And and so describe for us, Shonda, if you would, what how does your center work? I know you offer meditation, but what do you what is what do you do? So I I used to have a physical location prior to COVID. COVID changed things, of course. So I'm virtual. So what I do is I host like uh, events within a community. Um I also participate in community events. Now, as far as the holistic center, that's why I focus like a lot on those holistic wellness modalities. But along with that, I also began to incorporate uh, cannabis through my consultant agency, which is D4N Consultant. What is it called? D4N Consultant. So I call myself the 420 nurse. So that's what D4N <laughs> stands for. People always like, well, what is D4N? The 420 nurse. You're the 420 nurse, hashtag 420 nurse. I love it. Yeah. So with that, with incorporating my cannabis knowledge um, into the holistic center, that opened me up to do even more events focused around cannabis. The first cannabis event was actually on 420 last year. Um, I brought in like nurses, doctors, and it was the event for the community to come learn. Because I find that with cannabis, the reason why a lot of people are, you know, against it or they don't want, you know, it to be as popular as it is, they don't want legalization is because of lack of education. You know, all it takes is one experience for somebody to realize, well, this plant isn't bad or for somebody they know to go through chronic pain. Because I've seen many patients deal with chronic pain and watch cannabis change their lives or somebody deal with cannabis, uh, with cancer, I'm sorry, and you know, they they begin to heal or they at least have relief from side effects of chemo and radiation. And so, you know, I am in the South. <laughs> so that, that has been challenging. I, I won't even lie. But again, when I find that I do educate people because I've had people who are like, come to me totally against it. Why are you talking about this? Why are you doing this? You know, like, you know, you're a nurse. You're not supposed to be and then just from a simple conversation or me sharing, you know, testimonials that from actual people I've talked to, I've seen hearts and minds change. And I'm one person. 
So I think that if we get to a place where we see education more, especially in resistant areas, the South, rural communities, I think that we will see more um, support. We may see legalization quicker because, again, if people are educated and informed, then they know how they should vote. They know who they should support. You know, they should know who have their best interests in heart. That, that would encourage people to understand their law and keep up with what's going on if they are educated. So I, I talk a lot about that as well. Uh, so like D4 and consulting, that side of uh, that business, I actually focus on like workplace protections because of what happened to me. Um, I focus on workplace protections on from the aspect of the employer and the employee. So with the employer, what I do is uh, I help them revamp their policies. So with me having my business for 10 years, I wrote policies throughout the whole 10 years. Every time something changed with the state, every time anything changed, I'm revamping policies, writing policy books. So I have a lot of experience with that. And it's like, you know, well, how do I incorporate that with cannabis? Incorporate it through workplace protections. Um, Another thing I do is like employee awareness training for employers. Um, A lot of employers, they don't keep up with cannabis law. And, you know, you know, you can't say, well, I didn't know. And this is why I try to make employers understand. It's like you can't say you didn't know if the law is the law. So it's important to make your employees aware of your expectations while being in alignment with the law as well. But I also help people within a community, you know, understand the importance of being a medical patient. If they have a, if they're living in a state where there is a medicinal program and how to get started with actually getting on the program, because there, there are benefits, even in states that do have a recreational program, there's still benefits to being a medicinal patient. And I try to get people to understand that as well. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So what has been your biggest challenge so far, would you say? And how did you turn that into a positive? My biggest challenge was getting out of my own way. Mm. Yeah. Good yeah. One. My biggest challenge was that because of fear, just not being accepted. Um, like I said, when I, this first, my situation first happened, it was like worrying about my peers. What will the nurses think? Did she really do this? You know, this is. We're so trained to do what does everybody think? You know, right. what's everybody going to think? <laughs> exactly. What are, what are people going to say? Yeah, and who cares? Who Right, at this point, yeah. that's how I feel. Because yeah. I got to get the message out. But in the beginning, um, I was afraid. I would not talk about this. I would have days where, you know, I would contemplate back and forth with myself. Like, when am I going to tell this story? And I would say I would never speak this out loud from shame. And so I had to forgive myself, meaning... Not forgive myself because I chose cannabis to medicate for my depression, but forgive myself for thinking I did something wrong by choosing my health first. Because, you know, I, I did, I was angry at myself <laughs> for a while. Like I would go back and forth, like, did I do the right thing? Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Or, you know, maybe I should have just did what they said. And I had to really get to a place that I stuck by what I believed in. I stood on my word and know that I made the right decision in what I did. And when I did decide to get out my own way, and when I did decide to forgive myself, it's like the world opened up 
so many experiences uh, within the cannabis industry I begin to have. I begin to meet so many amazing people that, you know, not only encouraged me, but also helped me elevate to places that I would have never imagined. You know, um, I never seen where I am today when I went to nursing school. Like I would have never in a million years imagined this will be my path right now. But um, being on this path, I know this is where I'm, I'm meant to be. Um, I, I say I look back on things. It's like, would I ever do this again? And I say it now, I don't regret my decision because it wouldn't have made me the person I am today. You know, um, I'm very passionate about the industry. I'm passionate about the change and the growth that we see. Most importantly, I am very passionate about workplace protections and, the you know, maintaining the rights of medical patients to be able to keep their jobs and still choose cannabis as medicine. Choose their health. Yes. yes. That's right. Choose your health first. We only got one of us. <laughs> but thank you for that, Shonda, because I think of all the women, all the beautiful, bodacious women I've talked with, um, I think you're the first that's talked about the, you know, the whole self and getting in our own way. And I think it's that's a, such an important thing. And all the shame that's heaped on or has been, and, you know, they're like cannabis moms and, things like, you know, it's employment, it's whatever. And that, you know, what was I thinking? What's the matter with me? What was I doing? And, and that whole journey that we seem to go through. And um, it always, you know, it's always sounds a little trite when you say, well, if I wouldn't have gone through that, I wouldn't be where I was today, but it's so true. And also that I um, really relate to what you were saying. If you would have, this is not what I thought my life would be like. i I mean, so many times in my life, I've thought, if you would have told me even five years ago, I would be doing this. I'm like, never right. have I said no. no. I won't know. There's no way. And then I'm doing it, loving, loving it. it. Right. You know? It's like, it feels so good. <laughs> so it's interesting to me on the journey, if we just pay attention, and, and I think it's so important, you're even taking 10 minutes a day to just be still and reflect on what those guideposts are telling us, even if it's a door slammed in right. the face or, you know, someone stomping on your foot metaphorically, you know, like, or pushing right. you down or whatever <laughs> it is. Oh, you know? like, how do you, where is that, where does that lead you? So uh, kudos to you for, for staying on that journey. And it sounds like you're in a good spot and you're in a joyful path. And I'm just wondering if there's any, any, um, surprises for you that you think, oh man, aside from the fact that you never saw yourself doing this in a million years, I never would have expected this joyful moment to happen or that this would be so awesome. Or do you have any things like that? All the time. <laughs> all the, all the time, like every experience, you know, so, you know, it's like a saying that if you go into something with no expectations and, you know, you first of all, you won't get disappointed. But when you expect nothing, you get everything. And so I've always walked in this in, in this industry without expecting because you just you don't know. You know, like I said, I'm in the South. Um, I didn't know how it would be received. I still think I don't know how I'm really received. I'm just putting myself out there. But. You know, every experience that I've had throughout this journey has been like, oh my God, I, 
I didn't expect this to happen. Like, oh my God, is this really happening? Like, I've been ex- experiences and it, I really feel like I'm in a dream world. I've said this out loud, even to people who have been, I'm like, this must be a dream. I don't think this is, is they're this like, real? She's high. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, is she high? I don't have to pinch myself because it, it's just been an amazing journey. It really, really is. Um, it has been, it is. And I know it just will continue to be. Um, and I think that that just comes from not expecting anything because I, I really don't. I just walk in it. You know, I just, I get my message out. Um, I continue to walk in my purpose because I think that, you know, what I did go through, it did lead me to my purpose. And even though I didn't see that back then, you know, I seen the the sadness and the darkness and the trauma of it. Clearly it was aligning me for my purpose. So I just walk in my purpose. And as I walk in my purpose, it's like these experiences, they just, they just come, you know, and it's, it's just, it's every moment is a surprise because like I said, I don't expect it, but I thoroughly enjoy it every step of the way. Cause I just love being in the industry in some form, you know? Yeah. So do you have any pointers or advice or recommendations for um, women in cannabis that may be either just starting their journey or, you know, maybe they've been doing it for a while and are kind of losing their way? Like you say it with such ease that, you know, I follow my purpose, but a lot of people really struggle with, you know, am I doing the right thing is is this my purpose? What is my, you know, like, I think we can get hung up on, on that. And until you feel that sense of fulfillment and you have the aha of, yes, I've got it, that there's that struggle. And so how do you sort of quote unquote, keep the faith and put one foot in front of the other and, and stay on the path? It's not easy. It's not, you know, it, in the beginning, I didn't think I was walking in my purpose. I was clueless as to what I was doing. I just thought it, kind of felt right, even though I was still like, you know, mad at myself. So, you know, walking in your purpose, it is a journey. It is not a destination. It's not like, oh, this is my purpose. Okay, I'm, I'm finally here. Because I think that your purpose can consist of many things. Um, and I think that, you know, you shouldn't get so, it's good when you find one of your purposes, right? But you shouldn't get so focused on well, I don't think I'm walking in my purpose. So maybe I'm not supposed to be doing it. I think it's just important to live. I think it's important to, if if this is what you're feeling drawn to do, or if this is what sets your soul on fire, like I said, you stay strong in it. You trust the vision that you initially had in the beginning. Because for you to get on this path in the first place, a light bulb had to go off. An idea had to flash to say, hmm, maybe I should try cannabis, you know? And when you thought that thought, you probably felt kind of good about it, you know. But I do know we could have these moments where it's like, you know, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I feel like I'm wasting my time. This isn't working. When will it happen? And you just have to trust the process. You know, I'm still a work in progress with all of this out. I'm still figuring out. I'm still learning something new about cannabis all the time. So I say I'm walking and my purpose, not necessarily that I walked in it and I'm standing in it and I'm there. It's a continuous journey. So, you know, I think that it's important for ladies to just always believe in yourself. You have to believe in you when no one else believes in you. You have to see, continue to see that vision 
when no one else sees that vision because it's not maybe in the beginning it's not always for others to see it's not for others to see until the point of completion but it's always there for you to see as you get to that point of completion and so you just have to keep working towards your goals you know you have to continue to stay focused and yeah you're gonna have bad days you're gonna have sad days you're gonna have frustrating days crying days but you know you're gonna get to a point that those good days will outweigh those bad days and when you have those bad days you reflect on the strength that got you through those days in the first place and you take that strength and you keep going and you keep going because again like I feel like if it if if it comes to your mind because like you said this was nowhere on our radar to do cannabis right so cannabis comes in your radar and you feel a tinge of passion behind it it is meant for you to walk in it because it doesn't come to everybody. Everybody doesn't have that passion and that dedication or even willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to be in this industry. We know it's, it's not easy all the time. You know, it can be very hard, challenging to maneuver your way through this industry and understand, you know, the laws and just the business practices and even the fact that each state is doing their own thing, really, you know. So it's not easy. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous how different things are. Even even to get in medical recommendations. I mean, I'm like, I can't believe some states do that. In Louisiana, it's like a 10-minute process over the phone. But, you know, every state is different. So it can be very challenging, not even just, you know, working within your state in cannabis, but trying to work across, you know, the country, really, because you have to understand so much in this industry to, um, I would say, even to be successful, even to function, really. Because like I said, you know, Louisiana and Texas, right next door to each other, two totally different things going on when it comes to cannabis. So don't give up. Yeah, just don't don't give up on yourself. I would say believe, believe in yourself yes. and never, ever, ever yes. give up. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great advice. Thank you. You're welcome. I think maybe you also belong in the pulpit on Sundays. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, thank you. That was a great, that was a great impassioned sermon. I love it. <laughs> so I think you're beautifully bodacious. What is it that think you think makes you bodacious? What's your unique brand of bodacious? So I think what makes me bodacious is... I'm going to say my compassion. And I mean, that comes from nursing. You know, um, I think that the world today, we do lack a lot of compassion. And it sometimes it is hard to be compassionate in a challenging world. But I think that what or how I say how I connect with people and how people feel most com- comfortable connecting with me is the compassion that I do give to everyone that I meet, really. Um, respecting people for who they are, um, understanding that everybody go, you know, will have a bad day. So we should always treat people with kindness and understanding when we can. And so I leave with compassion with everything that I do. And I feel that's what makes me bodacious. <laughs> Aww, that's great. I love it. Thank you so much, Shonda. Where can we find you? So you can find me on Instagram. It's the420nurse, D-A-420 
420, the number 420 nurse. I'm also on TikTok. Look, I'm still trying to learn TikTok, you know, all these social <laughs> media platforms. So, oh, you're braver than me. <laughs> so I'm not that active on TikTok, but I am there. And I'm also uh, Shonda Broom on Facebook. And if you just want to know about me and all the different things I do, um, it's I have a link tree. So it's link tree backslash the 420 nurse. Um, you actually can go sign my petition there. I have a petition on change.org that I started back in November. And this was to in uh, workplace urine testing for patients because it's, it, it really does affect a lot of people. And, you know, awareness isn't brought to a lot of people's attention until it actually happens to them. And so that's part of my uh, plight as well is to, you know, help get these laws changed. In more than one state, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. that's good for you. Very much needed. I agree. Thank you. So, okay, everybody. It is Shonda, S-H-O-N-D-A, Broom, just like it sounds, B-R-O-O-M. Shonda Broom, the 420 nurse. Changing the world one day at a time, one people at a time, one signature at a time. Thank you so much, Shonda. Thank you for having me, Susan. An absolute pleasure.